podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined today by Kevin Graham, and we're here to discuss St. Johnson 1, Celtic 3. Kevin, at half time, we were speaking about how comfortable we were, how happy we were with the performance. How are you feeling at full time? Feeling we were still comfortable, apart from that one error. It was a bit of a chewy game. Eh? Um, we had some nice steak at the start of it, then we got a bit of a fatty, we fatty bit in the middle, then, then steak towards the end again. Eh? Um, we nearly caused our own downfall, eh, but the first half we were utterly engaging, utterly fantastic. We really deserved the 2 nothing lead. Against the second half, we didn't really engage as much. We kind of dropped off a bit. We, we, we were trying to see the game out. We were just letting the game happen. The game was existing in a sort of dullness. Eh, then, obviously, we make the mistake. We get it. We, get, we let St. Johnson back into it. But then, look... We stepped up, we scored the third goal, we could have scored another couple towards the end there. We had the gears to move through after St Johnson scored. And when you look at it overall, it was a really, really comfortable win and 3 nothing doesn't flatter 3-1, sorry, doesn't flatter us doesn't flatter us at all. It really should have been more. St Johnson's man in the match was the goalkeeper. There was quite a few decent performances all over the place. Ah, it's a very happy boxing day. Happy. Yeah, you've made your uh, food analogy, Kev. Everybody will be um, probably had already leftovers. had they've already leftovers. had their yeah their fill of food for now. But we'll go for another couple of days anyway. Um, let's get everybody involved in the comment section. You're watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and it's great to get you involved. So, um, Scott comes in. Scott Howe, regular contributor to a Celtic State of Mind. Welcome in. Scott, hopefully you had a good Christmas, mate, and are looking forward to the new year. So wanted that to go in for wee Dawson. Right, let's open up the discussion straight straight off the bat. Joey Dawson, he's, he's played one game for Scunthorpe, right? He's 18 years of age. We bought him, we, we basically bought him for the B team. If you look at the oh. sign-in, we bought him for the B team. And um, he's been thrown in today because uh, largely due to, as well as injury, having the COVID effect ex- as well. He's been thrown in. And I'll tell you what, I thought he'd done really well. You know, for his first appearance, Kev, he'd done really well there, didn't he? 
done really well. When you say one game for, for Scunthorpe, I think he and Botham played at least two games for Scunthorpe. <laughs> so, um, aye, he done really well. He's hold up play. What, he's else, tied what else did Scunthorpe give us? Kevin Keegan, yeah? Keegan, uh-huh. Ray, Ray Clements? Aye, a, a bad uh, soccer AM joke, joke, I think, about the Irons, I think, or something like that. And um, also, and also, they gave us Gary Hooper. So did that, aye. So listen, listen, he's in good company. He is in good company. He doesn't look like Gary Hooper right enough. He's he's tall, um, he's, he's a bit of a unit. He can move about a bit. Uh, he seemed he showed decent football intelligence today. Uh, maybe he maybe didn't want to overdo things, but he kind of he kept the play going when he got the ball. He was unlucky. That was a, the keeper got a decent hand on that to stop it going over the line. You could see by his reaction behind the goals that, that he was utterly <laughs> that he was devastated that it didn't go in. But again, this this hopefully the the guys had a taste. Didn't they? He's had the taste. He's played first team football for Celtic. That's something that me, you, and every the six hundred and seventy old people that are watching us and in the comments want to do get that first team game for Celtic. Eh? And he's done it. Fair play to the lad. He can actually go home tonight, eh, and he can be happy with his day's work. Aye, without a doubt. And again, you know, it probably under unusual circumstances for him, but he done. Okay, I'm going to run through a few of the other players who, you know, under other circumstances wouldn't have been in the team today, Kev, and seen how they've performed. Let's start off with Barkas. Barkas chucked in, first game since the Champions League qualifiers. Did he do okay for you? Done fine. Done everything it was asked for him. He had no chance with the goal. Um, they just tried to put him under pressure by putting corner kicks on top of him. He handled it well. His distribution was fine. Um he came out, handled a couple of stuff. Done everything you wanted for your goalkeeper on a game a day like today. I, yep. I, I, it was fine. There was one thing I meant to uh, point out at half time. Right, there was a, a point where Stephen Welsh gets the ball. He's facing his goalkeeper, but he tries to twist and turn to kick the ball back up the park. It ends up going out of the park. And because there was virtually no one in the stadium, you could hear quite a bit of Postacoglu on the sidelines. You could hear the players, etc. And somebody's shouting at him to say, you should have passed that back. And he says, I'm not going there. Well, <laughs> I'm not going there. And I just felt it showed a wee bit of lack of confidence, which is understandable when you consider the if, career that Barkas has had. It could also have something to do with the park. Could well be. Could well be. It was a heavy pitch, Kev. So mm-hmm. we'll give we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Although I do feel that in January we'll probably still be looking to offload oh, of course, Big Barkas. Um but thanks everybody for getting involved. We're going to bring up as much as we possibly can. Terry Robb, here we go. Starfelt won't do. I get all the arguments for giving him time, etc. But my eyes don't lie. Not good enough and never will be. There was a couple of moments again today. Um I don't think that at this stage, though, Kev, uh, you would change Starfelt and Cameron Carter-Vickers. As, as well as Welsh play today, I still think they're our first-choice centre-back partnership. I understand what the comment are saying there. Um, it was the same when I was watching with my dad there. My dad says he's been a bomb scare all day. I'm going, well, apart from the goal, has he been a bomb scare all day? Do we, do we need to actually go back and actually have, have a look at that? <sighs> He seems to have a moment that he falls asleep and he switches off. And and that always seems to lead to a goal. And that's the and 
that's always going to actually change opinion on him. Eh? I thought he'd done a lot of things well today. Mm. St Johnson had a claim for a penalty kick, which he actually won the ball. He, he won the ball for, quite quite clearly in the area. But yeah. until he cuts down on on mistakes, uh, and their mistake, and they end up costly mistakes as well. And he has a, he, people are going to say, aye, he, he's wanting to get replaced in the back line. I, I don't think he will get replaced in the back line. I think Boster Coglu trusts him and Carter Vickers. Um, I don't think Christopher Julien will actually kick another ball in anger or serious ball in anger for us uh, going forward. So we're stuck with Starfield. Uh, but again, his mistake was probably, there was that period of the game where we just went, right, we just went in a sort of wee mire and everything just switched off. It was quite dull. And we're going, like, we're 2 nothing up. St. Johnston, St. Johnston are no troubling us. St. Johnston never troubled us. St. Johnston never troubled us whatsoever. Even when they had that wee 10, 15-minute spell, and we gave them their goal, basically. We did. Yeah. It was our mistake. It gave them the goal. And I think Poster Coglu... I mean, I think Poster Coglu says he has a look at the chances that we get, we give up and how we defend. Big Andrew will be sitting in that dressing room going, he will be disappointed with Starfield giving away that goal. But mm-hmm. overall, he'll be looking at it and go, the way that we defended was fine. Yeah. And, and that will be his view. And we can like it or lump it, but that will be his view. Yeah, I mean, it's on a heavy part, like you say. We've actually changed the shape of the back, the back line as well, Kev. Almost said we played a three-man back four there for a second. Uh, Ewan Boy Martin comes in. Welcome to the show, Ewan Boy Martin. Beaton, man of the match. He's just getting spoken to at the moment after the game. Beaton, Kev, I don't know what your thoughts have been uh, around near Beaton as a Celtic fan over the piece. Uh, I remember some time ago when we used to record the podcast, audio podcast, in a recording studio in Stirling. And we on a particular day, uh, were stood up by one of our guests. I don't know if you remember, it was last minute. So we said, you know what, let's do our team of the decade instead. So I think it was yourself, me and Colin Watt. Mm-hmm. And Near Beaton made it into Colin's team. And we slagged him off for about three years, uh, right up to this point. Now, I'm not going to say he's one of the best players in the last 10 years at Celtic, but I just always thought he was a bit of a bit part player in particular over the last two or three seasons. Um, one of the guys that was always in the squad, you know, always got a few games here and there, but you could never really um, rely on him to get 20, 30 games in a row. But he's, he's actually come into the side this season, and I think he's having probably one of the best spells of his time at Celtic. We were talking about the leadership qualities of various players this season, and we mentioned the likes of Beaton in that bracket. We mentioned the likes of Ralston, in that bracket, which a year ago would have seemed absurd. But Beaton's came in today, he's played a real captain's role, I thought overall he had an excellent game, and he capped it off at the end with a goal. He was threatening that goal all day today. He was, and I remember my, my like, over-the-top reaction when Colin actually says that he was in the team of the decade. And at that point, that verse, the version we are seeing of near Beaton didn't exist. Uh, the version we've seen of near beating of over the last few weeks has been fantastic, and and he's like, he's answered, I'm a massive doubter of near beating, I'm hard, but today he was absolutely fun. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant today. He was he, there was a playmaking about his game that we've, that we haven't seen, but that we don't see very often. Uh, he scored a great goal. That was a superb finish. It was a really, uh, he took the ball in well, and and he actually stroked it into the bottom corner. 
I mean, I called him at half time. There's really messy. Uh, but he, he was fantastic. Today. He was utterly fantastic. And I mean, people were going. I mean, Tom Rogic done what Tom Rogic done. But today, I thought Neil Beaton was a standout and a role that you don't usually see from him, uh, which was that playmaking front foot role. And and he stood up. He stood up well. He, he was taking guys on. He, he was trying to create chances. His use of the ball was good. Aye, he was fantastic. He was my man in the match today. He was my man in the match today. But maybe that's just because I'm a bit. I get we're used to what Tom Rogic can actually do. I thought near Beaton was a standout performer. You know your frustration with Beaton in the past, Kev. Is, was that mainly down to his performances at centre half rather than in midfield? It was mainly because sometimes I thought he played within himself. Mm-hmm. He, he sometimes took the far too. Uh, I'm going to go back to the. Oh, I didn't want to go back to this, but the Livingston game earlier on this season, I called him a Chris Polk in that game because he done nothing. But even from that Livingston game to today, that's a completely different player playing in that mm-hmm. midfield role. And so I, I don't know what it is, but Ange, Ange needs credit. But of, but for me, the player needs credit. The player stood up when we actually need him. Uh, he's an experienced guy. He's now he's now standing up, being that experienced guy, and he surprised me. He has surprised me over the last couple of weeks, but today he really, really surprised me with that sort of Callum McGregor type performance. Mm. Thirty years of age now, of course. Uh, now had a a, a role as a captain today. Kev, two hundred and fifty six appearances for Celtic, and we've spoken about the fact that you know he's in his ninth season at the club, so nine years at Celtic um, in twenty twenty two, and he's one of the guys that various times over the last few years could have left and you know I don't think I would have been all that upset but I see him now as a really important part I don't think he'll play every week but I think he's an important part of this this squad that uh, Ange Postacoglu is putting together and assembling but he is I'm only going to discuss today's game and and he was he's been fun he, uh, he's been fantastic for Postacoglu today but he wasn't fantastic for Postacoglu in August when he got sent off against Mitchelland he wasn't fantastic. There's been a few sending offs and there's a few petulance and that. And if he gets that, and over the last couple of weeks, he, he's got that out of his game. Mm. He, apart from St. Martin, but today, it was utterly fantastic today. It was a right captain's performance today, an absolutely fantastic captain's performance today from near beat on. And fair play to him, we, we did have a depleted side. But we still had enough quality on that pitch to utterly dominate that game today. And Big Beaton was the leader of men today. He was, he was, yes. Uh, just as you said, that that, that uh, comment came in as well, Kev. Uh, Shane Donovan, second half, no crowd equals no energy, but top, top stuff. Great win to go into the break. How important is it though, Kev, that the timing of this break at the moment, when you look at how ravaged we are with injury and illness at this moment in time, it just kind of gets us over that line into the January transfer window. Time to kind of reset, time to reassess and bring in some new bodies as well. I'm actually quite glad that we haven't got any games between now and the middle of January, truthfully. The squad is depleted. It looks thin. It looks tired. Um. It, hopefully it does us good. Hopefully we've got a couple of days, week recharge, then we can get down to some serious work, get some get some bodies in uh, for the for the running. Um, I, I mean, it was almost I mean if, if you are a conspiracy theorist, and I'm sure Chris Boyd has probably got his tinfoil hat on at the moment. 
it was almost as if we campaigned to get the get the winter break early because of the amount of injuries uh, that we had. But I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. It, it suits us no having no no having to play Hibs and Rangers at this precise moment in time. If you're looking at it from a truthful point of view, aye, we've got we've got away a fantastic performance today, comfortable win. We've got a couple of weeks off to get some bodies back, maybe get some new bodies in, in the door. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm going to say it's a positive and I'm quite glad that. Yeah. Aye, that, that, that we're not playing the next two games. And you can make it out, you can make it out what you will. But it's just it's just it's just fact. Aye, it's, there's no conspiracy, you know what no, I mean? it's fact. There's, there's no conspiracy. Pinball, can't believe it. Everyone wanted Nero gone last year. I just think you call it as you see it at that specific time, Kev. If you had asked us one year ago, um, would you keep Tony Ralston? Well, he's not been playing, so no. you probably would be quite happy if you left. Tommy Rogic comes into that category. I mean, you know, if Rogic had left last pre-season and the pre-season, pre-season just gone... You know, we would have thanked him for his memories, as brilliant as the memories were. But you just call it as you see it at that particular moment. And I think sometimes, you know, you've, you've got to say, well, based on the performances back then, yeah, he wasn't contributing enough. Right. But you look at him now, him, Ralston and uh, Roger, who I want to talk about, are contributing massively. They're huge parts of this this Ange, this Ange rebuild because it, we are still part of a rebuild. And he's utilised those three players not as new players coming in, not as guys that he's identified from the other side of the world, but guys who were under his nose when he came in. And he's getting the maximum performances out of all three of them, I would suggest. I mean, I, I mean, pray to the God alone, Archdeacon, that he is, that they are still there and they are contributing. Because what kind of mess would we be in if they, were, if they weren't contributing? If they weren't stepping up to the plate? Mm-hmm. If they weren't standing up and actually playing for the badge? We would be would we would be in an awfully awfully mess. So yeah. yeah, aye, we make we make as fans we make rash judgments and decisions at times, and then we try to go back and say, oh no, imagine if we were imagine when we were saying that we wanted them to go. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I, I wanted them to go at that time because they were contributing none. But that doesn't mean that we can't pray and thank whatever God you want to thank that they're still at the club they're in. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it works. No, you're right. And as you say, three really important parts of this team uh, at the moment. Michael McDonald, this isn't a dig at Kev. Uh, another Kevin Graham classic, a chewy game, eh? Well, I'll tell you, Michael, I'm glad you brought that up because many more classics of Kevin Graham are available in his first published works. It is Christmas, yeah. Kev. I'm going to let you punt your book. Um, it's been a long time coming, but Seven Years of Henrik is available on Axom.net. Tell us a wee bit about it. Seven Years of Henrik is a, a fan's love story to Henrik Larson, and it's done the concept as a, a young fan goes into an elderly relative house and finds a scrapbook about Henrik Larson and starts to read this love letter to the greatest Celtic player that I've ever seen, probably will ever see, and is taken back to those times, the emotions, the games and, and stuff like that. 
and it's brilliantly designed by, by Mikey and the illustrations by Martin McGarvey as well. And it just blew my mind that there's people getting it for their Christmas yesterday. That's it's, amazing. It's, I mean, I'm sure they all wanted a Lynx box set and they've ended up with a book of poetry. Eh? So <laughs> um, I'm sorry about that if you really wanted Lynx Africa and you ended up with a book of poetry, eh? but ho- hopefully you enjoy it. I really do hope you enjoy it. It's available on axon.net and we'll, we'll get it out to you as quick as possible. Celtic has an incredible canon of literature out there already, Kev. Uh, we all have our own wee libraries of Celtic books from the past. Uh, but what I would say is this is a wee bit different because it is a, a book of poetry by Kevin Graham. And watch this space. We'll probably need to be doing a reprint when we start taking that on the road, Kev. Mm-hmm. Um, forever and ever, Celtic, thank you for continuing to tune in. Uh, you're commenting on YouTube. Brilliant Celtic. Five minutes of slackness, drop in tempo throughout the team but that is the result we wanted and deserved and I think that when you look at it across the board and the scenario that faced Ange Postacoglu before the game with regards to the dropouts the drop-offs Kev I think we couldn't we couldn't have asked for anything better than a 3-1 win, uh, win up at McDermott but it begs the question you call it as it is St Johnston last season you know Callum Davidson, the performance of them, two cups, one, and you compare that to where they are now. I mean, do you think that he can turn it around when you look at him? Because, I mean, you, you don't turn into a bad manager overnight. You don't, but his squad last season, they had they didn't have a lot of injuries last season. Uh, they had the wee, the wee boy McCann in the middle of the park as well, who they've lost. They've lost their captain from last season as well, and they just suddenly seem to have reacted to it. The, the guys that they've, they've brought in, don't seem to have replaced the the leaders uh, that left. That that left. Look, it must be quite bad. Being, uh, you, you must be quite wistful being, being a St. Johnson fan. Last season, you have your best season in your history. Mm-hmm. The, the most successful team in Scotland last season. You get back into the stadium and you're looking relegation. <laughs> you're looking. Re- you're staring relegation in the eye. Um, I like going to St. Johnson. I, I like St. Johnson as a football club. I think that's 21 games in a row that we've actually bet them, so they're good for Celtic. Uh, so I want to see them stay in the league. Um, and so ho- I mean, hopefully Callum can turn it can, can round. I mean, imagine how his story is going to be if he turned out to be a one-season wonder. Eh? What a season, right enough. What an utter season, but... It would be difficult for him. It's difficult for St Johnson at the moment. Um, but mind you, I didn't like Chris Kenny, the boy at school. No, no, uh, well, he, I, he, he, he deserves a relegation in the chops, I think. Well, as we know, you are where you are based on merit, Kevin, football, but there are certain teams that you look upon. A lot of this, I think, goes back to growing up and seeing specific teams in leagues. Other times it goes back to particular away days that you look back fondly on. But I still see St Johnston as a Premier League team. I don't want to see them drop them out of the league. No, no, no they are a well-run club. But the problem is being a well-run club with a, a small support in terms of other clubs round about them. Um, they're always going to struggle, but they're in a good area. Eh? I mean, Perth's not that far for players who stay in Glasgow and Edinburgh and round about that. It's not as if it's a Ross County like travelling. They can attract decent players. I mean, they've had players that have been there for years, like Stevie Mays returned a couple of times, Liam Craig mm-hmm. is there as well. I, I, I just like them as a club. I think they're a nice wee club. And I'll probably have St. Johnson fans saying you've been condescending there, blah, blah, blah. But I just see them as a nice wee club. 
and hopefully they do well. There's other clubs I would like to see relegated. <laughs> I, won't ask, I won't ask you who, mate. I won't ask you who. Um, Derek Ritchie comes in to talk about James McCarthy. His kit was spotless until that tackle in the 75th minute. How does a midfielder go that long without getting dirty on a pitch that bad? It's because he's so elegant. Of course it is. You know? Let's talk about McCarthy's performance. And Kev um, done himself absolutely no harm today with that performance. I thought he played really well. First half, um, he, was, he was superb. That, that, his range of passing in the first half was great. Um, second half, like the team, we sort of tried to contain, we dropped off. And also the lack of game time, I think, showed as well in McCarthy's play And then uh, at the second half. But look, his first half showed that he can contribute to Celtic Football Club. His first half did. He, he's got something in his locker there that we could do against the... Uh, Pack defences and teams that are just going to park the bus against us. He's got he's, he's got that bit of vision that sometimes we lack from the middle of the park. And I thought he, he showed today that he can contribute. In that first half especially, he showed today that he can contribute. And he needs to contribute. He's on a large contract. He's here for four years. Mm-hmm. We, can't, we, we can't afford for him not to contribute. And I, I thought he'd done well today. And again, he'll be another one like Joey Dawson and that'll go home this evening and be quite happy. Please, <laughs> days work. Absolutely, Brian uh, coming in. Brian Walsh coming in to remind us um, he put in a, a good, honest performance today. So did McCarthy. McCarthy, there was there was the, the, all the team, the, all the team put in an honest performance today. They, they put in an honest performance, and uh, I, and it was a, and it was a great it was a great performance. It was. It was a comfortable performance. I yes, had that dodgy five minutes after St. Johnson scored and obviously your pants start flattering on the one day. But then we've won the game 3-1. It could have been 4-5-1. or five, one. We regained the composure. Aye, yeah, aye. absolutely. Um, Gots goes berserk. The beat on I seen against Mitchelland and the beat on today. Completely different players in terms of position. Fully agree. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. And um, as we move on though, Kev, if there was one thing that concerned me a wee bit, it was, you know, during that that particularly sticky patch, that chewy patch, I think you called it, um, there wasn't much movement up top and we weren't giving any options down the wings. Are you putting that just down to personnel? When you lose a player like Hugo, of course, you know, you're going to lose a lot of movement up top, aren't you? Yeah, right. And, and even sometimes with Kyogo, we lose that movement up top during games as well. I think it's the amount of effort we are, ask the front players to put in that sometimes burns them out. And you're, when, when, when we have had options, how many times has Porter Coglu changed the front three? Like, after 60, 70 minutes. Um, but again, I think it's just the fact that we slowed the game down. And that these options just didn't happen anymore. The, the players were maybe making the runs. It's very difficult to actually see on the TV. But the fact that we're moving the ball slower, there's less space, and Johnston get back. They're well drilled. They're well drilled. Dawson started coming deeper in the second half to pick up the ball, which shows me that the space behind wasn't there anywhere. And I think that's mainly because we were playing the ball slower. Abada. Great first half, sort of disappeared in the second half, but that seems to be his form, the way that he does it. He's, he's explosive, then he'll actually not contribute to a game whatsoever. But overall, again, Abada scored two goals, had a great game. Joey Dawson had a good good, good game. Juranovic done a job. They were all honest today. 
and that's all we asked. They, they were all honest, all contributed, and they gave us something to hang on to. They gave us something to hang on for the next three weeks when we haven't got any football to actually speak to. It was a big, big win today. It was a big win. It was, uh, although there won't be any games to talk about. Um, a Celtic State of Mind will still be broadcasting on a daily basis as usual. We'll be back tomorrow at 12.30 for the Bulletin. Jamie Murphy comes in to again speak about Starfelt to blame for another goal. We need another partner for Carter Vickers. I definitely think that you know Carter Vickers has been so solid since he came in. Kevin, there are vulnerabilities. We spoke about them before the game in Carl Starfelt's play. I'm a big fan of Stephen Welsh, but I still think in terms of a partnership, that is the one that Ange favours, and he's going to go with it. I mean, when we go into the you know the new year, for example, we don't know what the scenario is with Julien. Let's not forget that's a £7 million player that we've not been able to select for a whole year now. There's obviously been complications. There's been setbacks in his recovery. Um, so at this moment in time, we've got to go with what we have. There's suggestions that we're interested in other centre-halves. But Starfelt at, at £4.5 million, that's quite a big buy for Celtic in this day and age, Kev. Um, my biggest concern, my biggest surprise, I guess, is that he doesn't naturally look like the type of centre-half that Ange Postacoglu would have identified because of the style of play playing out from the back. He still doesn't look comfortable with the ball at his feet. He doesn't, you know, but then does Ange Postacoglu want his defenders to actually come out with the ball? He seems to want them to move move it on quick. And I think it's probably part of, I mean, some of, some of the Japanese and the Australian guys who have watched Ange Postacoglu's career more closely than us. Has an Ange Postacoglu side ever came up against the low, low blocks that we get when teams just forget to play football? Mm. Teams make no attempts to play football against us whatsoever. And this is where maybe it's a different type of centre-half that Postacoglu maybe has to look at in the future. I, I, I think Starfield sometimes can actually do the last-ditch stuff well, but he always seems to have that... Mis- he does seem to have that lapse of concentration in him. And it's maybe something that Postacoglu, now he's had a little bit of a feel for the Scottish game for six months, he's going, well, I'm going to need... Uh, I'm going to. I'm actually going to mention Virgil Van Dijk because a couple of years ago on Boxing Day, Virgil Van Dijk scored an absolutely worldy McDermott Park when when he broke from the back, and it's maybe something that Postecoglou has never had to look for in a centre half, one that's comfortable carrying the ball through the lines, because his teams have really never really needed that. I'm sure somebody from Australia and Japan will come in and say you're talking rubbish there, but that that's just me trying to wonder why. Well, Carter Vickers, you're right though, Carter Vickers doesn't do that. He doesn't carry the ball um, through the midfield area. Like the goal that you're talking about with Van Dyke was a classic example of that. Mm-hmm. Big Ayer used to do it at will, didn't he? He used to he get the ball that. in a defence and just go for a stroll. Next thing you know, he's on the edge of their box. Starfield's never going to be that player. Beaton's that player, but he's a midfielder. You know, we don't really want to see him going back to centre half. He's doing so well in the midfield. But, you know... Time will tell. That's what we'll say with, with Starfelt. We're playing him just now because I still think he is the best option at this moment in time. I still think Stephen Welsh is back up for the two who started today at centre-half. And that's coming from someone who rates Stephen Welsh really highly. Um, well, what, what I would say about uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers is he looks comfortable, actually, when he does break through the line. He actually looks OK at doing it. And some of, some of, his, some of his passing's fine. 
Sometimes passing when he tries to break those lines is fine. But as you, I know what you mean about Starfield. As I say, I compared them to a ZX Spectrum graphic at times, the way that he runs and the way that he passes the ball. Eh? And sometimes he just it's the look of him as a football player kind of says, are you really... It's like me trying to play a ball with my left foot. It's all awkward and... Yeah, I know what you like mean. I know what you mean. It's just, it just doesn't look right. And if he keeps on making the space, uh, making mistakes, it just becomes an easy target. It'll become a target, uh, but there'll also be a point where, as a manager, Poster Cogley will need to say, we can't afford to lose these goals or, or give up these chances, Kev. We're we are really dominant at 2 nothing. It's comfortable at 2 nothing. They get a wee sniff with that goal coming back into it. Thankfully, we had character and the composure to overcome that that period of the game. But, you know, that, that could be against Rangers. You know, that could be in the next round of Europe. That You know, with five minutes to go in a game. And that that's my biggest concern with Starfield. It's everybody's biggest concern when we try to actually predict the future. <laughs> we try to predict what's going to happen and, and, and games going forward. What you actually mentioned there, Paul, is character. And I think we've shown quite a lot of character. Something that had been missing earlier on in the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think the whole of December, when I didn't think we had the squad to see us through this December, I was over the moon that we actually won the game that I wanted to win in December, which was the League Cup final. But I always thought there's going to be one game where this is not going to happen. And we maybe, maybe chanced our luck a couple of times, then it happened, then it happened against St. Murn. Yeah. And, but we've shown character all of December. Every, every player in that team has showed character over December. And I, I can't ask any more of them. I really can't ask any more in this period. And hopefully, hopefully the break does us good and is game on on the 14th, 13th of January, whenever we return. You're right. Before the game, Kev, you said it's a must win. We won it. That's all we can ask for. I'm just watching back the goals at the moment. And I'm wondering if if we will get to a point where maybe we'll mix it up a wee bit and play Kyogo Anabada through the middle. Because Abada is far more effective through the middle than he has been on the right the right wing. He doesn't seem to be as comfortable out there. So is that something else that uh, Poster Cogley will look at in the future? Another option for us, perhaps? Someone asked earlier on if the link was working under the video for St Mary's, the fundraiser. I just checked. I went into YouTube there and clicked on it and it is taking us to the correct page. Uh, just a reminder, we raised over 28 grand collectively, not actually collectively as a Celtic fan base uh, and with the assistance of other podcast as well. We have raised over 28 grand, but we're going to keep the fundraiser open, Kev. We're going to keep it open all year. If it comes down to the point that that fundraiser is what keeps St Mary's going, then great. We'll keep doing it, Kev. And uh, maybe a couple of times a year we'll have a spike because we'll have uh, fundraisers, you know, and a big focus on it. But we're still getting money coming in. It's going directly over to St Mary's. So thanks, everybody, for continuing to contribute. What everybody's got to remember is we're only here discussing the beautiful Glasgow Celtic because of St Mary's. And yes. that should never be forgotten. Just just before we wrap up, I want to say hi to Martin and his and his wee man. Martin done us done a massive thing last week for for a viewer of Axome. So if Martin's watching today, thank you very much for that. And I hope he's had a nice Christmas. Well done, Martin. One final thing, Paddy. Paddy Lavery, a, a, a loyal 
uh, viewer of a Celtic State of Mind. Enjoyed the Christmas Eve archive show on Axon. Well, Paddy, we've got every VHS. Kev knows that uh, I mm-hmm. travelled the length and breadth of uh, Scotland, picking up old VHS videos and people looking at me strangely, wondering why on earth do you want these? But what we were doing is collecting the VHS collection and we're going to go through every single one of them individually, Kev, and put them out on Axon as review shows. So we're not just putting the video out there because obviously there's issues with copyright, etc. But you are um, able to do a review through fair usage uh, under the legislation. So we'll be reviewing every single video um, through the eras, Kev. And there's some belters and there's some shockers. But the Celtic collection is is good viewing. I mean, that interview with Sean Connolly when he's looking back um, on the 1950s. It was interesting because obviously we know what happened after that. But you also get great interviews with Alexei McStay, Liam Brady, Charlie Nicholas. And as we move through the eras... We'll be getting interviews from O'Neill's teams, Vim Janssen's teams, the whole work. So I'm looking forward to recording and reviewing more of them as well, Kev. I know it was a fantastic show. Um, it's something that we've been that we've been planning for a little while. We used to do that. We used to do the video club, eh? and uh, when um, when lockdown first started, we'd done a video club, and I remember watching the the ones for the early nineties, man, and it was some great memories. Uh, they are great memories. Come on, any time watching Celtic is a great memory. There's always something positive to come to watching Celtic. And whether it's like Charlie, Charlie Nicholas walking about in a pair of underpants in the, in the dressing room or like the suits, the big oversized suits or, or, or anything like that. Aye, it's, it's, it's a great concept. It's a brilliant concept. There's so much, there's so much history that Celtic have got. And these videos are fantastic. It just reminded me of stuff that sometimes you've actually forgot. They're, they're a great wee archive. And uh, my suggestion is the Celtic ones at least should probably be available uh, on the Celtic uh, YouTube channel, you know, because they've got all the rights to it. So that, that would be an idea. Facebook user, unfortunately, I don't know who it is because there's a wee um, process you need to go through to register yourself on StreamYard via Facebook. But thanks for getting involved on the Facebook channel. Staffel always looks off balance, even when he has full control. You know what? I think that is exactly it. He does look off balance and he almost twists around to try and hit the ball with his left feet. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, that settling in period uh, has come and gone. And when we come back for 2022, we see a more confident uh, Staffel in place. Anyone asking regarding the amount of comments that are coming through YouTube, all I can say is it's simply because the vast majority of people watching are watching on the YouTube channel. I mean, there's very, very few really in the great scheme of things watch on uh, Facebook Live. So the comments that come in are probably going to get swamped out from the YouTube ones, but I'm looking to try and get as many of the platforms involved as possible. And also what the what the viewers are seeing on the live chat, there is a delay in than the comments coming through to the stream yard as well. So what they're seeing on the live chat is not actually what we're seeing at this precise moment in time. Yes, but we do try and get as many of you involved as possible. We appreciate all the support that you've given us this year. And as I say, we'll be back with the bulletin tomorrow and all week up to the new year as well. So thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, Kevin Graham, for getting involved today on the Match Day Axom Bulletin. My pleasure.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.